Okay, guys, so now the husbands, okay? Uh, wives, you will be so pleased hearing this for your husband, okay? You will enjoy it, okay? But don't intimidate them. No, they have to, because they have to hold you accountable to what you will hear, right? Yeah. So now we will uh, dig in deeper to God's view of me as a man and as a husband. Uh, in Ephesians 5, for husband is the head of the wife. And we just love this verse, but we stop here. But it doesn't stop. As. As Christ also is the head of the church. So this is actually your calling is a divine one. You being the head of the house, biblically, it is as Christ is the head of the church. What did he do? He himself being the savior of, of the body, but as the church is subject to Christ, also the wives ought to be their husbands and everything. And we love that. But wait until what the husbands or what Christ did to earn the love and the respect of the church. Husbands, love your wives just and, okay, just as Christ. Your model, your role model to follow is Christ. Also love the church and here is what he did to earn that love. He gave himself um, up for her. It meant he died for the church. So you being the head, it doesn't mean that you sit on this high pedestal <clears throat> and you receive admiration. It's, it's, it's mainly that you will die. You will agree to die. So if you want to claim that you're the head, fine, good for you. But the head means what? Somebody's really happy that the husband will die. Just kidding. <laughs> it really means that you will die for your home, for your wife. Yeah. Let's do more. So he died. He gave. He offered himself, and it's not easy, right, guys? It's not easy that we offer ourselves. I come home from church, from whatever. I'm tired. I want to sit on my chair. I was just telling Abun and uh, Amira, I have this, my favorite chair. I love it. This is my second wife. <laughs> yeah, my chair is really have my whole attention and love. I come home. I sit on my chair, get on Netflix, and I have a blast. This is me. Okay? Because I'm tired. And I get even... Tired when I reminded, I am reminded that I have to pick up the garbage or get the laundry from the washer into the dryer. I am tired, but uh, okay. So we are tired men. But when we come home, we are called to give ourselves up for our family. If you want to be Christ-like. Number one. So... so you give yourself up for a purpose. What is the purpose? So that he might sanctify her, make her special. Having cleansed her by washing of water. This is what Jesus did to the church. Not only um, was selfless and offered himself, but he 
with the purpose of making her better and better and better and better. That he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. Imagine that. When you go home, and instead of waiting for your chair, like me, before I sit my, because I will sit on it, like nobody will take me from my chair, okay? But at least I will have this mindset that I will seek first my wife's comfort, my house needs, because this is my calling, this is my role. This is my true calling. My true calling is not in my job, not what I do to earn money outside, but my true calling, if I want to be a Christian, if I want to be a man according to God's heart, is this is part of my salvation. If I want to be really as Christ, Christ-like, I want to be like him because he earned the love and the obedience and the service of the church. And because of this, we are here in his house, right? He bought us with his love. He earned our obedience. He earned our subjection. <laughs> right? But it is not like that. Because as a church, we willingly come and kneel down because now kneeling is an act of love. I'm not saying that wives will kneel to their husbands, never. But I, I mean as an act of worship, act of love. I give up myself because I have received such love. So, husbands, again, St. Paul gave us all this model because, so husbands, ought also, you have to, you have no way else, to love their own wives as their own bodies or their own chairs. <laughs> Imagine that. Husbands, love your wife as your own body. Think about it for a moment. I won't talk. Just think about it. Internalize it a little bit. Love your wife as you love your own body. As you seek your own self-comfort. For no one ever hated his own flesh. When we talk about marriage is one flesh, two bodies coming together in one flesh, it is a nice philosophical idea. We put it on our wedding cards, we put it in frames. Nice, but practically it's so hard. Right? But if you think about it, as you love, as you care for your own flesh, you nourishes it and you you also cherishes it. I am called to nourish my wife, to make her a better person. Because our messed up idea of uh, marriage is that I will marry because she makes me happy, he makes me laugh, that she will make my life yeah, easier. I chose her because when I go home, she will make a good meal and have this imaginary image that I'll be treated like a king when I go home. And when I'm not, I start to have resentment and, and anger. Well, 
You are marrying her to make her a better person. This is the, the flip side. Each one is choosing the other to make her, to make him a better person. But if you, th if you think I'm getting married or I, I got married because she makes me better, uh, you are, uh, most likely you'll be disappointed. But if you get married or if you are married or if you want to change your perspective about marriage, this is your calling, at least now for the husbands, my calling to make her a better person. Let's hear the ladies. What do you think your husbands can help you to be a better person? In what ways? Let's, let's have this discussion. Confidence, okay. Validate her. Let's wait for the ladies. Bring out the best of me. Guys, I want you to, like, not to just hear the words. Listen. So let's say it again slowly because we are very slow here. You know, guys are, are slow. So, okay, confidence. Validate. What does it mean by validate and confidence? Herself. Okay, and what did you say? Yeah, bring out the best of her. Yes. Else, what do women need? How can he make you a better person? Let's hear from you, not from me. I, I'm a guy. I, I don't know. Support. In what ways? Emotional. Hmm, what she values. Not we, like what he thinks that it is important for him, right? Okay. Listening, truly listening. Because hmm. she is an individual as well. She's not only your wife for your own self-comfort. She is an individual. She needs her own time, her own space. I think you heard well the answer. Not me. <laughs> Thank you. And, and, and let's wait on that. And, and guys, so see, husbands, I think now you are understanding it's, it's getting harder, really. <laughs> right? It's getting harder. It's real work. Listen more. Okay. Thank you for all the views. What does the head mean? According to the world, authoritarian, Ruler, boss, rank, superior, owner. You can read. This is what we are groomed to be and to do, right? Go to your career or your work and be all this. So your whole life is around that, right? And it is not wrong. We are called to be successful and strive for perfection and do it all 
okay. Well, the problem is that when we bring it home. Um, in the Bible or in the Christianity, protector, or you can read it. Until I, I pull this up. Talk difference, right? I, I, I agree with you, but this in a business when you want to make a profit at the end of the day and you protect and you own and you care because at the end of the day, it is a dollar sign. You want to make sure that you will have money in your pocket because this is your business. But in, 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 in marriage, it's hard to see it as a business for my own self-interest. And I'm not against what you said completely, but I just want to... Yes? Do you own her? Ah, ladies, do you think that? Do you, do you like that? The theme for the right side is giver. Yeah. Yeah. I I get what you mean, but I believe um, if you look at even the dictionary, the word authoritarian, or there's two kinds of leadership, or three kinds we learned. Um, we have authoritarian, authoritative, laissez-faire. This is in leadership if you didn't study any. Okay. The authoritarian leadership it's the kind of the dictators we see in like uh, other uh, countries, okay? The, everything is for own self-interest. Either you obey or you will die, okay? This is absolutely about me. If anybody do not listen to me, he or she will be vanished from the face of the earth. <laughs> so uh, this is the, the real meaning of the word authoritarian. Me uh, over everybody else. Authoritative, it, it, it means that, okay, I have authority, I exercise it, but also I do it in a way that is, that fosters everybody's well-being, okay? I'm using my authority within the context or within the framework. This is good leadership. Laissez-faire is let everybody do whatever they want, mejdao. Okay, this is the other extreme. So, when we talk about, uh, from a business model, uh, it's 
Here, I can see it as of, of own self-interest. As a leader, as a head in God's way, I am to seek my wife's best interest even on my own expense. This is the, the difference. So we are not questioning whether you are the head or not because God put you as the head. But what kind of a head are you? What kind of a leader are you? So this whole talk about us it's not questioning we are, whether we are leaders or not, but what kind of a leader? Let, yes. I believe that we all heard of this before, mm -hmm. but in real life, very few people can achieve this. Why? I believe because I think we approach it as, okay, this is, I will do this next month. And if it doesn't work, halas, it, it doesn't work. And as I started in the beginning, it is a life's goal. Okay. Uh, I, as a man, this is, this is my finish line. So people don't try hard? That... I believe it is not easy. It is not comfortable. Any change is not easy. And this is a big change for guys. Mm. And, and I, as I said, this is hard talk. You may hate me after this, okay? So this is not easy, خالص, خالص, okay? And because we are used to listen to a lecture and go home, I tried for a couple of days, it doesn't work, خالص, I'll go back to my comfort zone. I'll go back to what's natural, what's normal, which is mainly on the left side, <laughs> okay? So the, the obstacles is doing something different. We don't try long enough with the right purpose. <laughs> the right purpose is to, as you mentioned, and this is part of my salvation as a man. It is, bar it is part of how I need to grow as a Christian. Is I will take my marriage seriously from God's hand and I will follow uh, Christ's model. I want to do that. There is a big difference between we tell you, you must do that. Okay, fine, I'll try and then. Or you will say, I want to be like this. This is my goal. I want to achieve this for me. This is how I can be a good Christian. This is what I think, of course, some of the um, yeah, problems. Let's move on, please, because there's a lot. <laughs> So we agreed that Christ's example, it is a responsibility, not a rank, a sacrifice, and it is a duty, not domination. It is my duty. It's my responsibility, my calling. Responsibility, not a privilege, by the way. Being a man is not a privilege. Being a man is not an automatic right to be treated like a king when I go home. Being a man means being like Christ, and Christ died for his church. It's about serving, not being served, right? Didn't he say that? He came to serve, not to be served. And it is support, not superiority. 
And this is why the two terms, servant and leader, they may contradict. Because leader, we take it, I will, I will lead and people will follow and cater to me. Uh, I'm in the beginning of the line and people just follow me, right? But service means I am in the back here, pushing people, helping them, getting them, making them better. We said, again, these verses, who is the greatest, and, and, and Christ said that, the one who is the greatest among you, become like the youngest, and the leader like the servants. Being ahead means carrying the cross. So if you want to be the head, fine, but you have to carry the cross. So think about it. Not only tonight when you go home, not when she elbows you, but think about it for the rest of your life. Being born like a man and a Christian man means you will carry the cross and you will suffer and you will struggle. You will change yourself. You will do many things that, that, that are not comfortable. Why? Because you have a goal, is to be a good Christian and a good husband. Because you receive your calling from God, not from me, not from a boy, not from, but not from the organization of the church, but for God himself. So you, you have to receive it from him. In, in your quiet time, in your own prayer, in your own Bible reading, in your own spiritual discipline. This is how you change. So, headship. Under the curse, before Christ, or under the sin, we are called lording leader. Again, we're the, we are the boss. It, it comes natural, it's easy. Under Christ, when he broke the curse, we are called servant leader. As, as I mentioned, it, it is a goal to reach, identity to be had. It's a challenge to your natural way of thinking. And by the way, I'm still working on it personally. So believe me, I'm not any better than anybody here. But it is, like, it is you know, something I strive to. 25 years uh, married and I, I'm still working on it big time. But I understand the, the struggle of men to be like that. But it is my calling, and I accept it. And this is why in the wedding ceremony, the church has laid upon you the burden of leadership. It's for the pictures, yes, the golden stuff and the crown, but it's really, it, it is a burden the church has put on your shoulder to be like Christ. Remember that moment or was good a Kodak moment, right? But it is not really a Kodak moment. It is, hey, here's your life. Here's the burden, carry it. So after laying the, the, this groundwork, we have 
um, some points for some yeah, practical issue to describe this role. Number one, decision making. Now we'll, we're coming into some practical ideas. So in the next, I guess, like five slides or something, I will have the difference between lo uh, lording leader and a servant leader in decision making in many areas, okay? And this open for discussion. But please don't make it long, okay? Because you want to go home, right? And I want to go home too. <laughs> Was that true? <laughs> Hint, hint, anybody? <laughs> In decision-making, the lording leader, the boss, the authoritarian, the ruler, read it. On a scale from 1 to 10, what do you think, uh, where do you find yourself? Or maybe most men, huh? You like it, huh? I know. <laughs> so, um, again, guys, and on a scale from like 1 to 10, how easy this... Um, how easy do you find this coming natural to you? Yeah, but in the end, I want to do what I want. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. I say for most of us, most guys, I say six or seven out of ten. We li I like to make my own decision, and I like to just, you know what, I want to buy a house, please agree with me, because I just like it, and we want to go, and we want to move out of state. I got this car, and we have this erratic behavior that we just want to be, want to do, leave me be, let me be, right? Uh, uh, and for us, discussion is a threat. I don't like to discuss lots of talking, lots of... Uh, why, and, I, and I, I have to give reasons, I have to discuss, and I'm tired, it's late at night, I, I already bought the car, <laughs> I already uh, signed <laughs> the offer on the house, and you know what, and, and ladies, we love you, but you talk more than we can handle, right? And it is hard for us, so this is easier. I'm not interested in, in question or suggestion or but because I already made up my mind. But the servant leaders, and again, this is a life goal. Don't say we can do this tomorrow. And I'm going to say it all over again and again and again. This is a life goal. Um, seek, seeks to hear what others and the family think. Why? Because, and I'm not, I'm not going to say because I am, you know, but, but because I want to be interested in them more than in hearing my own voice. You see the difference? When you say I am, yeah, it is a nice goal, but it will just disappear after one hour. But when you say I want to be, this is nice, this is good, 
I want them to remember me after I die is that I was a good husband. He was a listener. Or I don't want to say, I don't want to wait after I die. I want to, in my own life, I, I want them to come to me because they know I can listen. Big difference. Willing to listen. The main concern is to do what is best for everyone involved because you are the leader, you are responsible for everybody else. Like somebody says that in the beginning, I am the captain of the ship, right? So the captain of the ship is what saves everybody until the last one, if the ship is uh, sinking, he doesn't go the first one. He makes sure everybody is saved and then he might die with the ship sinking or he might be saved. But this is his response. Because he is the captain, he has to make everybody alive first before even himself. Hard. Hard work. But it is your choice. If you want to be this way, it is here. It takes practice. It takes, it takes learning. It takes admitting my mistakes. It takes education. We, as guys, we need to know how to listen and how to talk in a way that is not threatening, not imposing. In my, in my own education as a counselor, I was trained for the first year in how to talk and, and, and how to listen. There's an art of talking and art of listening and responding back. Okay? Decision make yes. Give up, Yang? No, either, either giving up or just that, that's, that's who I am. And maybe I, I got in a discussion before and ended up not in the right way, so just like I don't care, you do whatever you want. Yeah. Or from the other side, I, I am passive and in order not to avoid, so I'm just making the decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the before I forget, I guess this problem has roots. It started early when she tried to talk and I didn't listen and I forced my decision on her I um, resigned my job I moved out of state and she just fall and she tried to warn me she tried to tell me we need to listen we need to talk but I uh, I didn't so at the end she just gave up on me and she became a passive person so I believe I, I believe most women you, like you don't like to be passive, right? You want to have a voice, right? Yeah. What his motive is. This is where the conflict starts, mm, in my mm, opinion. Mm. But women, naturally, we don't want to leave. So this is very um, refreshing to, to hear because as guys, as leaders, 
we are threatened by the ladies' discussions because we think that they, they want to take the leadership from us. They want to be the boss. They want to be, they, they want to wear, wear the pants in the house, right? But actually, and I, I don't know about the rest of the ladies here, but do you agree that you really, you don't care about leading as much? Want, we only have to lead yeah. if we don't trust. That's when you don't trust, okay, so you fight and you are because you, you, you feel um, unsafe. Want to be a team? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's there are areas that women can lead better, and there are areas that men can lead better, and it's the combination of the two. <clears throat> I agree with you, but I think yeah, that was in response to Abuna's question: why some women become passive and they just give up? Okay, and I guess that was in response because in, in the very beginning. This discussion is not for the purpose of taking your leadership away from you, but it's to be uh, uh, heard and uh, being part of the team. Um, I believe when, you, when we pursue the serving leader, we may end up having a healthy sense of belonging in, at, at home. Because, you know, like sometimes, and, and, and I, I guess we who are, have spent many years in marriage now, some days are just, you end up sitting alone. <laughs> Everybody's doing his or her own business. Okay, and time after time, year after year, there's not really a sense of belonging. And it is, uh, we call it scaffolding. Like the scaffold, okay, when you build something, you put layer after layer. So it is layer after layer of um, threats, lack of listening, failed attempts to voice your opinion, to be validated. Um, so like all these layers can result in khalas. Let him do whatever. I will do what my ever. And you, you'll find the couple sitting in the same room, and there is nothing. And there's a big virtual wall <laughs> between them. So again, back to our choice as men. Next one, because we have to move on, and, and I'll have a time for a discussion afterwards. Um, understanding your wife's needs. And really, this is, this is a big science, guys. There can be degrees in, in this. So our friend, the lording leader, let's see what he does. Is it coming? Or? Yeah. Make sense? We sometimes put women in, in a frame. All women are, are, are like this. All women are just emotional. 
All women, blah, blah, blah. Right? We say some, we put some labels on all women. Here you go. <laughs> okay. However, you can choose to be the other person, serving leader, and I'll have it, and we can discuss a little bit. Okay, I'll give you like a minute or two to read and reflect. And first, uh, Peter, he tells us, Live with your wives in an understanding manner. Means you strive to understand not only who is your wife as a person, but how she functions, how she processes things. What makes her shine? What makes her click? <laughs> um... And when you respond, you respond out of knowledge. You read. Yes, you read. You have to read. Mean getting books and, and read and learn. Why? Because you are motivated to become a better husband. Because you want to make your wife a better person. So you will do your homework. This is more important than your nine to five job or your business. This, if you want to follow Christ's model, which is to give yourself up for your wife, do the hard work. And accept she is not your buddy. Accept she is not, she is different than you. Accept she responds to different kind of talking. Assuming that she should get it like your guy friends or your buddies at work, she won't. And she may stay silent, but because she will be silent because she tried again, as we mentioned, and khalas. Reads widely to understand her word, listens when she talks about herself. And this is our greatest struggle. Don't underestimate your wife because she just complaining about... You know what? Because she comes home from work too, and not only comes home from work, but she is responsible or she has the family life to take care of. Home, cooking, dinner, laundry, kids. If you're a hands-off person, this makes it even worse. But at least I want to read. I want to understand my wife's needs. And not just wives in general, but your particular wife by name. So it's okay to ask her to take her out and let her talk. What do you need from me? What do you need as a person? And your job is not to fix, because again, it is a problem we'll talk about later. It's easier for us when she comes with a problem that I fix. Most of the time she doesn't want to fix, she, she, she needs me to listen. 
this is 75% of the fix, right? So, understanding your wife's need. Number three, conflict. What does he do? Oops, wait. <laughs> what do you think about that? I become defensive when she changes my decisions. I don't like to be put on the spot. I don't like to be called out, to think I did the wrong decision because I like to be right. Shaus <laughs> Dausha. Right? It's too much talking. I'm tired. It is done. It is what it is. We say that a lot. Or you view everything from win-lose. If she wins in her argument, it means I lost. No. No. But this is how people like that view the conflict. Can't stand for her to be right and he is wrong. Never. But the servant leader where is the truth? This is my interest. I'm interested in arriving at the truth. At what works for both of us, for our kids. This is my interest. I'm not interested in me being the winner or the right. I'm interested in what works for my family. And what's right, not who is winning or who is right. Just what's right. I'm willing to do what is right as long as it will help us move forward. I'm, I'm, I strive to be a man of truth, not a scorekeeper. You have it, you had it your way last uh, time, let me have it my way. It, it doesn't work. Like, and this does not make you any weaker leader. It makes you a wiser person. You value her opinion and you declare it publicly and also privately. You are, if you say we are one flesh, it means that you value her. Wow, it is all quiet. Is it because you're bored? It's, it's nonsense or it is hitting something? I hope it's hitting something. Okay. Um, yeah, so I would say every time it is a live goal. <laughs> okay? Not tomorrow, not even next year. And uh, I'll be vulnerable with you. 25 years of marriage and I'm still maybe at number one. <laughs> no, I am little bit there. Okay, Mars. On the microphone. Wow. Good job, Sammy. Hey there. <laughs> yeah. I try to look at it not from like the deficits. Like he's not like I'm not checking off all the things he's doing wrong. Yes. Like, there's so many things that. So I have to remember the positives. Yes, and, and you know what? 
and, and thank you for bringing, bringing us up because some of you might already be on that side of the continuum. Okay, so this is a, a continuum, okay? We as guys, we are so different than one another and all of us are on different spots, different yani, uh, places on this continuum. But yeah, so, and again, my goal here is not for the ladies to hold their husbands accountable. Hey, you, you're not doing that. No, help him to be loyal by, by not criticizing, not uh, like judging how he lacks, but help him. Okay. Is it gonna help us or gonna take us away? I'm kind of. <laughs> of course, yeah, interested in arriving the truth. You know, that's for sure. Like everybody does that, you know, that's and to take from the other other course. Just because we wanna reach the right. But I, I will just you know, stop you here. Yeah. Which truth? Which right? Think about it. Which truth? My own version of the truth that make me look like I made the right decision? Or the truth regardless of who's winning? And this is for everybody here. The best for everybody, for sure. The truth okay, I hope. be the best for everybody. Because it's all about family. We're responsible for the family. And just like Sam is saying, you know, we can be the leadership in some stuff. And she can be leadership and other stuff. But my question here is, you wanna you take care of the family? That's the main thing, of course. Reaching the truth and what's best for the whole family. Of course, that's the main goal, not to be just the boss. And mm -hmm. not every, and not every man can be a leader, you know. And you're just talking about somebody you wanna resign and come from stuff. So you can. Yeah, you're jumping from a failure to a failure, so you cannot be trusted. You're looking for trust. Yeah, you know, from the history, you can be trusted. But when you're successful and getting successful for 10 years of marriage, so you've been taking good care of the family and you're always getting better and better everywhere. Why, like, church-wise, business-wise. So you can be trusted. The thing is, what if you get to a conflict and from the past, you've been in a lot of situation, right? But now... No, let's not go into that new business. No, I think this new business is good. I, you know, we discuss it. At the end, we don't agree in one thing. And we have that conflict. Who would decide if that's the right step to go move forward and, 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 and do it or not? Uh, I guess it, you will arrive after a, a conversation uh, and, and by the other person trusting in you after you listen to her first because I believe the greatest need is to be listened, is to be validated, is to be acknowledged that she is um, significant and her opinion is significant. Whether it will be taken or not, I believe this is like another issue. And correct me if I'm wrong, ladies here. I guess most of the time or not, Correct me, I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, I, I think the, the biggest part is to be acknowledged. And then together we'll arrive at the... Sir? Mm -hmm. 
equally yoked in the spirit of the word, right? You're going to both divert to the spirit of the word and look at that as guidance, right? Pray about it. Take a look at that. Come to a conclusion. And if you, if you still have an argument about a position of stance, then it's not right to make a decision yet, mm-hmm. right? And you've you got to wait and give it a little bit of time and not push it. Now, now again, when you're talking here about um, knowing what is right versus wrong, again, reverting to the, to the word and the biblical truth will give you that guidance, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then bring in your father confession into the conversation if you can't resolve it. Mm-hmm. But there's so many different matters in life that, you know, we have to make together as spouses. Mm-hmm. So... Um. Thank you for saying that because we, I forgot to mention the role of prayer. So when we, when we are really stuck, we can, a spiritual couple can pray together, pray for guidance, and pray a lot until they receive an answer. But I will take it further. If there is no answer, it means in most cases, God wants us to make the decision. In this case, I guess, after discussions, after being listened and, 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 and listened to, I believe someone may defer to the other, okay, we, we, we prayed, we asked, we sought guidance, nothing is clear. I believe maybe we have an equal choice. I'll defer to you as a wife to a husband or a husband, I'll, I'll defer to you. So there is no clear cut like formula, do one, two, three, four, then equals five. But it is a conversation, it is a prayer, it is a dialogue, it, it is, it's fasting, it is seeking guidance, it is give and take, it is back and forth, back and forth. If there's a timeline, if, if, there, if, there's the, if they were approaching a deadline to close on a deal, on a house, or move out, okay, so both in humility and in wisdom, one will defer. Okay, so there's no clear-cut solution. When you deal with humans, it is not like machines. So yes, we want to seek guidance, what to do. But in most cases, we will figure out what to do. But at least I will do my, my, my part as a servant leader. Let me move on. Okay. If I, I went to this discussion with my wife, but in my mind, I'm I'm right hundred percent. Already. And she went. Of my yeah, mind. And she went to this the same discussion with the same approach. We're not going to go anywhere. But if I'm going to this discussion because we are we are making a decision for something important, but I'm open that okay, my. I might be missing something. She might be missing something. We are completing each other. If we didn't reach a decision like what Jason said, like, okay, maybe later we need some time, we need to pray, we need to do something else, we need to get some other person advice, we can do a lot of things. But if I went to the discussion with the approach that I'm 100% right, I'm not going to. The discussion has no meaning. I agree with you. It's not a discussion. Thank you. In strength and weaknesses. Our friend here. (laughs) 
One big mistake is that we want to make fun, we want to joke. And we can publicly point out to our spouses or wives' weaknesses for the sake of joking. Ha ha ha, I'm making a joke. Why are you so tight? Lighten up. And we are sarcastic culture, we, we do that a lot. And somehow, we think that the more I criticize is to make her better, is to teach her the right way. I'm pointing out like what she needs to do, right? But maybe it is how you point out the need. Some uh, guys, they consider the wife's weakness as barrier to their own joy in life. I'm miserable because she is like that. She has a bad temper or she whatever. You blame her for your lack of success maybe at work or your lack of uh, whatever you lack. And you just lay it on her. Because it is easier to blame the other person. And you are the poor guy who's the victim. <laughs> right? But um, the servant leader, there's lots of point here, so I just put it, points out what's right and good about his wife in private and mostly in public. Your wife needs your praise in public. In the first place, remember why you married her. Choose to focus on those th things. And you affirm her, you praise her, because again, back she needs your validation. The more you encourage her, the more she will grow and she will flourish and she will prosper. Because who else will praise her unless you want somebody else? <laughs> Who else? Her boss, her co-worker? No, it's you. She goes to work and only does a job for a paycheck, and that's it, or for um, um, self-fulfillment, which is her right. But at the end, it's a job. She goes back home, and she wants to listen to everything she needs from you, from me. And your wife's weaknesses, you take them as tools to make you enter a better person. Because you will work on yourself more in accepting and in being flexible and changing your expectations. I'll tell you an example, and this is a personal one. This is a recorder, right? So, uh, I am a perfectionist, okay, okay, I like everything to be in place, color-coordinated, everything, you name it, okay, and first in my marriage, it wasn't like that at home because she comes from a different background, okay, she's more of, of a free spirit, <laughs> yes, right, <laughs> somebody, <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, I guess many guys like that, right? <laughs> Free spirit, yeah. <laughs> so it was rough in the 
beginning, okay, because I, I, I assume that as I was living with my parents, I will continue. This is normal, right? To have things, right? No, no, no. Okay, why things are not in their place? Normal, right? Valid question. Okay, but then when you try, 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 and, and nothing changes, you have the choice is to continue to be resentful and make it um, a thorn in your back every time you like come home and you get angry, or you acknowledge that this is like something not on her agenda, and not because she is a bad person or she is whatever description, but she is not on a different. She's only on a different wave. So I choose to do what I wanna see in my house. So I I I, I began to put things in order my way, at least my stuff, and it's okay if she if she can do if she doesn't wanna do that, I will do it. It took me time, of course, to arrive at this, but this changed me. This. I believe it made me a better husband because now I'm not resenting my wife. I am acknowledging that she, what she is capable of doing or and not doing, and I'm just doing the rest, and it is okay. It doesn't bother me anymore. Would this mean I give up my... No, I didn't give up my agenda, my way of living. I am just doing it myself. And you know what? After some years... Now she's doing it much better than before. Of course, not my better, <laughs> right? But at least we are moving. Huh? Uh, she knows that already. We are moving towards some kind of balance here, okay? So, again, the last one. Consider your wife's weaknesses as tools to change your character to be a better person because it was all about my ego when I wanted things to be in certain ways but no, fine, this made me more flexible and it is okay I still have maybe like five slides, are you okay? alright hmm? the first talk, I don't know he put the, the schedule, not me. Blame Abuna, not me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The topics you're talking about, Abuna, um, you're making me think that uh, do you believe that your marriage, as a, your role of the husband, is a reflection of your own relationship with Christ? So if you look at your own relationship and look at the areas of uh, how do I view Christ and what is my relationship with him and you start identifying the gaps as well as the good parts, they are a reflection also into the marriage across the spectrum of the things that you're discussing here? To a great extent, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, and as you also said, uh, what's your name? Jen? Okay, Jen. As Jen mentioned earlier, it is marriage is a way of salvation to, to, to me. It is it is one of the ways of my spiritual path. So, yes, my role as a as a, as a husband, 
I receive it from, from my relationship with, with Christ. Because at the end, um, it's, it's, I'm not going to be an eternally husband. I'm going to be an eternally living with Christ around the throne. So the more I am like him in church, at home, at work, the more I am, I become like him. So, yes, in summary, it flows from a relationship with Christ. I said, this is a biblical calling. And take it as a calling, not as a role. What to do? No, it's it how to be. If you want to be that person, here's the calling. If you want to do, you'll have a checklist and you'll just, who did what and, 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 and who did not do it. Our favorite topic, household chores. <laughs> I already touched on that. I come home, I'm tired. I can't pick up the laundry or I, I, I can't put the dishes in the dishwasher. I, I can throw them in the sink, but not in the dishwasher. Big difference, right? Easier in the sink. No? Um, you know what? I am tired, and I need to be treated like a king when I go home. But she's working too. Or if she's not working, she is running after the kids 24-7. She has a full-time job at home. And it's 24-7 job, not only um, a full-time. doesn't do anything. And if I do, over, the whole world will know. Hey! And I call my friends or I go to church. Hey, you know what? Like yesterday, I did the laundry. Imagine that. Or I just expect her praise. And you, wow. Look at you. You picked up the trash. Or you cooked. It's a real sacrifice that after a long day at work, I put the dishes in the dishwasher. <laughs> it's between your husband, my child. <laughs> um, servant leader, proactively manage your home. And this is a big word, by the way, because, again, you know her abilities, you know when she's tired. And proactively, by experience, you know that. So you proactively make sure that it is a teamwork in making the home more comfortable. Again, this is a goal, not it won't happen tomorrow. I'll say it every <laughs> slide. You help because it's an act of love to your wife. Also because you want to Liberate yourself from this stereotypical role that the woman should do the cooking, should do the cleaning. No, in this 21st century, and even my dad, he was born in like early 20th century. He 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 cooked, he picked up, he did the laundry, he did everything, and and he was born in year 21, 1921. That was my dad, and he did everything. So it didn't take from his manhood to cook meals, to do the stuff around home. So it's an act of love because 
there are times that will come that words are not enough anymore. We have to be, to do some acts. Um, I'm sorry. You set an example to your children because this is how you would like your son to be a gentleman, right? And I want to show him what a gentleman is. A gentleman doesn't put across uh, his uh, legs and, and just wait to be served. He serves. He opens the, the door to his wife, to his mom, to his sister. These old traditional things. Yes. In uh, wrapping up, uh, six more slides. <laughs> Guys, you will hate me after this. I know. It is a lot. Go back. Do we have time to go back? <laughs> okay. I'll take a picture. I can upload it later. I, I can already. Uh, Abuna has the slides. Copyright, huh? <laughs> Um, what every wife needs. The Bible says, <laughs> you husbands, likewise, li live with your wives in an understanding way. And now this is a controversial word here. Weaker vessel. Since she is a woman, that's a greatly misunderstood verse here and grant her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered now this two ver is it, uh, this one verse is jam packed let's unpack it you want to understand your wife and live with her as a weaker vessel now she's not a weak person this is a wrong yeah, translation. Weaker here means precious, means fine, means fragile. So fine and valuable that she is so fragile. Remember, we have some set of the, the China set. <laughs> you put it in your thing, okay? And you, and you only get it out in Easter or yeah, Christmas and special occasions. And you feel so bad if like somebody else touched it or it's like chipped. Because it's so precious, like maybe from your mom, from your grandma. This is so precious and so fragile that you want to keep it uh, well um, taken care of in a valuable place. This is the weaker vessel. Your wife is so precious as a woman and sensitive that you want to treat her with care, extreme care. Why? Not because she's like just a woman, no. A woman, I, 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 I didn't mean to be in a negative way, but she is a woman in a way that she is so fine because she is a fellow heir with you. She is as equal with you in your eternal inheritance. In front of Christ, around his throne, she is on the same level with you. And not only that, but if you want your prayers to be heard by God, you want to treat her as 
fine, precious woman, that your prayers may not be hindered. You may be a good Christian man, do all the things that what a Christian should do, but your prayers goes unheard, hindered. There's a barrier between you and God because you're not treating your woman as a precious one. This is not clear. It's hard, but it, it is really packed here. So weaker vessel, take out the word weak and put precious, fine, valuable, sensitive, extremely precious, delicate. You can't find anyone like her, rare, unique, because she is a fellow heir with you. And if you want God to have favor on you, if you want God to listen to your prayers, you want to treat your wife as precious as she is. That's a calling. <laughs> it's hard. In the beginning I said, or, no, or not me, St. Paul in Ephesians 5, love your wives as Christ loved the church gave himself up to her. So this is giving up yourself. This is your calling. Understanding a woman, she needs mainly, of course, among many things, she mainly needs these four things. Companionship, security, significance, emotional responsiveness. This is a lot to be asked of us, right? We can hardly do one, right? So companionship. It means how well she relates to you. Women are relational human beings. We are task-oriented as, as guys. We, we do things. Women, they be. They, they like being. Not much as doing. So she would enjoy your company, maybe just watching a movie rather than you do your stuff. As an act of love, you can offer this companionship to her, even if you don't like the movie. God knows how many movies I, I watched. I hated them, but... But hey, now she watches basketball with me, so it's, it's, it's kind of... It's working. <laughs> you know her, Bishoy, so... Yeah. Um, being is more satisfying than... Doing so, take time to be with your wife. And you, <clears throat> sorry, you learn that. You learn. Purposefully, intentionally, you learn it. Why? Because God made it out of your rib. So 
By default, she is a part of you. And she fits back in you. If, if you take this metaphorically or even literally, if she is a part of you, God made it out of your ribs. So being in your company, it means that she fits back into that place in you. You can either view it as demanding or, or uh, as, as an act of love. Security. Trust, communication, understanding, expressions of love, and appreciation. So, when your wife asks you a lot of questions about your day at work, and you say nothing, or just say, good, we do that, right? What's new? It's like, look, just another day at work. What do you think she, she's asking you every day? What happened? Details, names, people, places. She doesn't trust you? Or what? Hmm? What's that? <laughs> Interrogation. What do you think the reason she's, she's asking you so many questions about your, your day? Yeah, but what's underlying this care? What's what, what's behind this care? Uh, I don't I don't want to go there. <laughs> Here you go. Wants to understand you. Because in her own mindset it's all about understanding. It's all uh, about being. It's all about being part of your day, even if you're away from her at, at work. Now, we can take it as controlling, as being so involved. I, I need my space. But from her own, her own perspective as a woman, I guess one of her needs is to be part of you. And you are gone most of the day. It's, it's, it's not that she like doesn't trust you or she's interrogating you or, or curiosity. It's the care shown that I want to be part of your day. And this is why maybe if she's working, she, she comes home and she goes into this one-hour monologue about her day. Because <laughs> this is, comes so easy to her. And I just listen and show interest. I try, <laughs> okay, but like at the end, she feels that she is hurt, and, and, and now she made me part of her day. So security, she feels safe when she knows where she belongs in your day. This is why, and, and again, it is not easy. It doesn't come easy to us. Maybe you have done it in the first year of marriage and honeymoon or in engagement, but maybe every now and then, a text, hey, how are you? What's up? How's your day? And this is an act of love. You show her that during your busyness throughout the day, you are thinking of her. Because she would do the same. She would send you lots of text messages. What's going on? Where are you? Show me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> this flood of text messages. Because she can do, she can multitask. 
She can be at her work, think about the kids, think about you, think about dinner, and it comes so easy to them just as one to three. Me, I can only do one thing. Um, significance. So much of what she does is, is hidden from view. Even if she is working. Again, work with her, maybe for self-fulfillment, maybe she's a leader and this is good for her. But I believe, or, or the literature said that, still it is not enough to satisfy most women. They, they go back home and they want to feel that th this is their life. So this is why she needs you, she needs to be significant in your eyes. Honor her, affirm her, let her know that she matters. You are the only person who can really appreciate her, and this means a lot to her. Because you're the only man in her life. And listen first, don't solve, don't fix. And this is a, pro a struggle we have as guys. And I can say 100% of the guys, when you come to me with a, with a problem, okay, what to do? And maybe we, we get frustrated, like not because of your coming with a problem, but because I can't solve it for you. And this is why we become angry, I don't want to talk, or we fail to listen because I want to fix. So, listen, acknowledge her feeling, and then she will truly feel loved without fixing anything. Listening, listening, listening. So, um, I know this was a very hard talk. Yes, Bishoy. Uh oh. Hi, Jen. Is this like uh, on stream? Jen, hi. They're from Cleveland, so I know them long years ago. that probably needs a solution. How do you know when you should try to help solve the problem versus when you just need to listen? Um, I believe from experience and from education, most of the time, half of the solution is in the listening. When you listen, when you, because again, like this might be a lesson in counseling, but Empathy versus sympathy, okay? Sympathy, I say, um, I'm sorry for your loss. It's a cold response to a, a situation. But empathy is when you put yourself in the other person's shoes and imagine how would you feel and you express that. And now this is hard work. It takes practice. But most women, they need empathy because when she talks about her frustration at work or frustration with the baby, 
okay, and you say, oh, like, what should I do? I'm at work. You become defensive and you want to fix. And, and she gets more upset. But when you say, like, you know what? I can't imagine how hard for me to, to be with um, Olivia. Okay. Um, like seven hours a day. I just can't imagine. I know it's really frustrating. And she say, yes, it's frustrating. And she will talk even more. This is relief for her. Okay. So this is when you respond back with, um, again, just putting yourself in her shoes. After getting all the energy and frustration, okay, what do you think I can help you with? And let her say, if nothing, nothing. Okay, just, you know what, like when, you, when you come like from work, just give me one hour. Okay, I'll do it for, for you. But it starts by empathy, imagining what it feels like if you are in her shoes and expressing that. It's not easy. It takes practice. It takes work. But, Bishoy, did I answer your question? Yani, and, and again, I can fix it, but it is not about me fixing it. It's about we share in the solution. So a question like that, what do you think we should do? What do you think would work better? Involve her. Foster the discussion more, okay? We don't like talking, I know that, as guys. But if we are to carry the cross, we have to learn, right? Here you go. Sema. Is it working? Can you? Okay, I, I started to learn it the hard way. Like, okay, I don't need your solutions. I need you to listen. Mm -hmm. And after a time, I started to wait, be patient until she asked me, what do you think I might do? And then I can start talking. Here you go. So before, yeah, mm -hmm. and like first year of marriage, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. I know what you're supposed to do. Sometimes I do this till now, but I started to learn, or we, she actually taught me how to listen. Mm -hmm. And actually, it's not only about let her talk without, like... Interruption. Like, it's, it's about, like, you have to, uh, to focus on what she, what she, she says. Because sometimes... Listening, the, not yeah, hearing the words. Yeah. It's just like Get you hear in. and you yes. shake your head and that's it. Yeah. She doesn't want this from you. She yeah. wants your full attention. And now we know and everything about you. Yeah. And then you have to wait <laughs> until she might ask you. Yeah. But don't offer anything until... Yes. So the bottom line is for us guys, it's really a long path. 
if you accept the calling, uh, pursue it um, with humility, pursue it out of your relationship with Christ. Um, this is like, like just a fancy slide. So it's, it's, it's about you having a relationship with Christ, she having a relationship with Christ, and he is just um, pouring his love, and, and, and this is the, the, the trinity in your home. You, her, and Christ. Everyone follows Christ in their own individual uh, path, and then you again, both of you, um, you know what, and I will just uh, finish here. One of the things I, I learned about showing love uh, to my wife is to, when we pray together, I pray for her out loud. The amount of love um, any woman would feel is enormous, beyond measure. When you say, God, be with your wife's name, and, and help her do this and this and that, or be like this and that, this is more love than you can ever give by words, by gifts, by watching movies, far more beyond. She needs that to be, for you to be her spiritual leader. And actually, again, going back to the wedding, this is the burden or the cross you wore, this fancy gold investment. It is, you are a spiritual leader. So if you want to really make, make her feel loved and cared for, take her, pray together, and then pray for her out loud. Let her listen how you pray for her because she feels care, she feels protection, she feels love. She feels that you understand because even if you can't empathize, even if it's hard for you to practice good listening, when she hears you acknowledging her needs and asking God to provide and to care for her, I guess this is a very big thing.